Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mama's on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome in. This is Weekend Gardening. I am so happy you're here. Thank you very, very much. We are kicking off September with a boatload of information. There's a lot to be talked about, a lot to be said, and a whole lot to be done. The good news is, perhaps the best news of all, there is at least a 90% chance, well, let's go lower than that, let's say 82% chance that your week next week, if you're listening right now, your week will be cooler than average. How wonderful is that? Now, let's not to say that the beginning of September is not generally pretty still hot, but there will be more and more rain that you may or may not be interested in having any more of. Many of us are not interested in that, but it will be here. What's happening right now is that we've got lots of things that we can plant. We've also got lots of things that we can do in the garden and a little bit of cooler weather with afternoon, so shall we say, afternoon rain. Yeah, I know some places the rain's going to be all day, but let's go ahead and go the other direction and say just an afternoon shower could help after you've planted most anything. And right now, you can plant almost all of the fall crops. Um, uh, there are a few things I wouldn't put in right now unless you have plants and you can protect them from the heat. But let's start right off with my friends, the beets. Yep, beets and radishes right now are whether you're growing daikons or whether you're growing the globe type radishes, the, you know the the crisp ones or the sweet ones. You you've got a really good window right now for that. Got a terrific window for the, all those beets that we've talked about. And yes, it's also time to think about the greens, the mustards, the turnips, Swiss chard, spinach. All of those things are full-time big tilt in September. So let's talk about it. 888-808-8637. That is the Super Talk call line. And, of course, the C Spire text line is 601-879-4395. Thank you very, very much. My name is Nellie Neal. Yeah, there's there's a whole party going on over in the control room this morning. Good thing y'all don't have a camera in there because there's two gentlemen making sure that the program gets uh shall we say, on the right foot. We're not going to say off the right foot because I might fall down, but we're going to get on the right foot. Um, Rhino is here in a a rare early morning appearance. We appreciate. (laughs) And, of course, you met Lance last week. So, Lance, if you didn't already know him, Lance is here. Um, Some of you folks do. Some of you folks don't. But all of you will hear very soon. I, of course, am Nellie Neal. I'm a horticulturist. I'm a gardener. I'm um, a mom. I'm um, your mama in terms of your garden. And this week I am, I I wish you could see, this week I'm literally um, banged up all up and down both of my arms. I have a new kitten. (laughs) And she has very sharp claws. But she's very sweet. So I'm looking forward to more more stories of kittens. I said when I first got into this business that there were there was just not enough room in the world for crazy cat videos. Well, it turns out there's plenty plenty room and they're all out there. Thank you very very much. I was surprised by 
the how few, how few people, how many people asked, but how few people knew about the larkspurs. If you've not got larkspur seed and you want to plant them in October, now's the time to get them ordered. So if you don't know about this, um, this is not the delphinium that you'll see in the springtime in bloom ready for your garden. These are an annual flower that we grow over the winter because they're preferable temperature both for sprouting and blooming. It's somewhere between 50 and 55 degrees, actually. Now, the larkspurs will bloom a little bit later on, and that's great. You know, they'll they'll keep coming as the weather warms in the spring. But if you don't plant them in the fall, you really will miss a chance for that. Okay? Okay. One of the other questions that's going on this week is, what are you going to do with all those Tabasco peppers? Um, no, I don't make Tabasco sauce because, quite frankly, the, the McElhenney's do a fine job with, of that. Um, but I do make pepper vinegar. And we've talked here about pickling radishes and pickling other things. But this is basically the pickled peppers that you would see on the counter in an old-timey restaurant back where you were getting, you know, um, a meat and three veg kind of dinner. And there was always collard greens. And if you don't have pepper vinegar, you may not really appreciate collard greens or some of the other greens that we love to eat. But um, I don't put the, the, the radish recipe of, of vinegar preparation had some other things, un, unusual spices in it. But the Tabasco, all I'm trying to do is enhance the actual flavor of itself. So that one's going to be simply white vinegar, sugar, salt. And and believe it or not, in pepper vinegar, one teaspoon in, in a, a if you're doing a cup of vinegar and and a, a cup of sugar and whatnot. Um, I'm I'm sorry, not a cup of sugar. I knew better than that. A cup of vinegar, a tablespoon of sugar, a tablespoon of sea salt, and this is going to be a teaspoon, a little bitty spoon, of an oil. Now the reason for this, I think. Um, chemically is because the oil will help to break down the skin of the pepper and also therefore release more of its flavor. But it also enhances the flavor because you're getting a, a greater work inside the vinegar. Doesn't It doesn't taste anything like a vinaigrette when you sprinkle it on because it's so much less oil at this point than vinegar. I will say that I don't use olive oil for this because it's too strong and I don't use grapeseed oil for this. Well, I would, but it's too expensive. Um, however, I do use I do like safflower. It's a, a use that I really appreciate for safflower or a good good quality canola is another good choice. Vegetable oil is okay. If you if you eat more of that than anything else, you probably would like the way that that renders the peppers, okay? Um, these are not peppers that are need to be refrigerated. They're also fairly long-lived. In other words, if you made pepper vinegar right now, and put them on a dark shelf, you would be taking them along for um, gifts at here in, at, at somewhere in the, the fall season, whether it be Halloween or Thanksgiving or maybe even if they last that long for you, Christmas. Um, but you can certainly start giving away early presents if you want to, if you make more than you can possibly appreciate. My quote of the week comes from the incomparable Lily Tomlin. She is... Uh, so she celebrated her birthday, I should say, on Thursday on the 1st. Um, I personally think we developed language because of our deep need to complain. Now, I'm not, I'm not unfamiliar with the word complain. If you follow me on social media, you know that last week I posted a picture of gripe weed and talked about that this was the place to complain about it. We do often hear. But frankly, gripe weed got more... I, I have put up pictures of the most beautiful night blooming cereus. I have put up pictures of magnificent vegetables that I have grown. 
and the gripe, we got more comments than anything else. And they were not nice. <laughs> so, I think that one is appropriately named. They even got a hoot from Gary Bachman. I told you all I stole that name from him. He, the other people call it gripe weed, but I had always heard it called by its official name, which is chamber bitter. Now, that doesn't tell you nearly as much about it as gripe weed does. So, and, yes, my lawnmower is still broken, and, wow, have I got some gripe weed. My mohawk grows in the back is going to be full of it by the time we get to the end of the season. How do you feel about vanilla? Well, I like vanilla, but I don't like vanilla scent. I don't like it in candles, and I don't like it in, if I walk into a room and it's clearly been over vanilla, I'm probably not going to hang out very long. It's not something that attracts me. But the American Chemical Society, you know how we love these folks, from ice cream to everything else, vanilla is among the most popular spices in the world. I really think that in my case, it's the synthetic vanilla that they put into the candle that I don't like because it has a different smell. But I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just maybe I'm maybe I'm uppity. <laughs> you know, maybe I just think I smell it differently. A lot of people have that. We, we, we don't like the smell of something until we realize that that wasn't what we were smelling. I used to love the smell of my great aunt's fox coat. She had a big fox collar on a coat until I realized later in life that it actually smelled like my great uncle's cigars. It didn't smell like her coat at all. Okay, So you have to be careful what you're paying attention to in this world. In Coming up very shortly, the American Chemical Society will be having their fall meeting. Yes, they do have more than one meeting a year. And indeed, they are reporting a profile of 20 Important. Now, this isn't all of them. This is just the important ones. The 20 chemicals found in vanilla bean extracts. Now, there were several that they didn't even know were in there until they did this study. So we're in hopes that it will improve their or inform at least all of the, the methods that they use in the odiferous part of vanilla. But what they're looking for is to be able to improve and enhance the taste so I would presume, because I don't know, but I would presume that you would be able at some point to get a concentrated version of vanilla where if you were using that teaspoon, you would only be using maybe a half or a quarter, which would probably be great for people who manufacture things with vanilla because, let's face it, it's not a cheap thing. It is the second most expensive spice in the entire world, according to the folks who are presenting this work. So it, the, the flavor is developed during the curing process of the vanilla beans, and if they can speed that up by enhancing some of the chemicals in the vanilla bean, well, obviously, it would not take as long. It might not be as cheap. Okay, I mean, not as expensive. Um, however, the artificial vanilla, of course, only contains the one flavoring agent, and I don't, I, I've, I've tried, but I can tell the difference, unfortunately. So vanillin is an important part of its beans, the bean flavor, but it's not the only thing. And what they found out in this particular study is that the complexity of it is what makes vanilla actually what how wonderful it actually is. And in real world use, let's face it, there's nothing like a vanilla bean. Um, pretty orchid too, but the the vanilla bean itself is is the big deal for all of us. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. That's the phone number here. And here, of course, is weekend gardening. Thank you very much for that. Um, something on the um, ceasefire text line wouldn't hurt either. Six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. I know a lot of people are um, headed here, there, and yon. It's not only things like 
football and soccer and going to see mama for Labor Day or, you know, traveling out of town because you got a day off or any of those kinds of things. It's just a busy time of year. And that's why my job is to make sure you don't forget your garden. Okay? Um, don't don't forget what you what you want to do, and don't forget what you need to do, because all of those things are true now. For example, if you are going to get potatoes planted and you're in Zone Eight, hurry up. Uh, this week's social media post for me um, was really fun. I enjoyed going out and seeing that the potatoes had not, in fact, drowned, but they were tall enough that I could fill in around their their shoots. So that's growing and doing very well for me. But I also learned something else this week, and that is that wet ground is not good for planting trees. Now, I knew this, but because I had this tree that had broken the container that it was growing in, um, I did, in fact, go and attempt to, to plant it into some wet soil. It's okay, but you really have to keep a close eye on it. Um, because that's a point, of course, where you're going to lose. If you end up with transplant shock that the tree cannot recover from, you will lose all of that effort that you put into it. We don't want to have that. One of the things I did not know about, this is in the learn something new um, every day point of view that I try to take. By 2050, worldwide, more than two-thirds of people will live in cities. That has not been the case to now, but it is coming. And the question is, what are we going to build all these houses out of? Well, we have, obviously there's a lot of choices. But when it comes down to housing that is livable and safe, that is to say from things like burning and falling over and the various things that houses that can happen to houses, and also perhaps lower the footprint of those houses, I love the idea of this, and I've been reading about it ever since I noticed that they've come to an assumption. The Potsdam Institute for Climate Impact Research is letting us know that if we live in timber cities, if we build what they call timber cities, then we will have a more efficient, a more sustainable, frankly, less burnable and more um, entirely in, well, it's not self-sufficient exactly, but it's more more modular, I suppose would be the word. The way they describe it, these things would be more easy to connect together because they're, when anytime you're building a city of one sort of thing, that's true. But in this particular case, this is all about engineered wood. And because we can engineer wood now more efficiently than we can make concrete and steel, the sense from this particular report coming out in Nature Communications this month, we can house the new urban population in mid-rise buildings, that's four to 12 stories as opposed to high-rise and those other things, made out of this these particular woods. This is renewable resource. It is processed. It's not just go cut down the tree and build a house, but it essentially starts there. And if you say, well, then they're going to denude the world. No, they're not. That's the whole point is it actually takes less energy inputs to build this than it does to build a house where you've had to go and then put the wood, you know, you build the concrete and the steel and then go get the wood. We start with the wood products. It ends up being more efficient. I really like this idea. Um, it, I, I, I've always thought that it was interesting to me that we could engineer pressure-treated lumber and build a deck, but why can't you do that for everything else? I've never quite understood the reason for that. But the National Building Museum has recently done, they've just closed it, but they've, they've had an exhibit all about this whole Timber City business, and there's still information there at their website. 
I did not know that there was a softwood lumber board as an organization, but it makes sense. Come on. Nothing, not everything's oak, all right? We got, we, and we need to use these. These are the things that we do use more, all right? But this is also a project of the U.S. Forest Service. So this is not, uh, as we would say around here, a bunch of clowns. This is actually a material that can reduce carbon emissions and, in fact, because it works the way it works, actually works to remediate carbon once it's built. This is a really great idea. Um, they're challenging the whole notion that, that you can't do this, and they have demonstrated that you can, and now we've got the report for so much more information about it. Uh, there are some U.S.-based projects, some timber cities, that I had no idea about. You might not have either. But I really do love this. The U.S. Forest Service, we love y'all. The U.S. Forest Service has two has included two winners of the U.S. Tall Wood Building Prize in their recent awards. That's great. That means that we're not just thinking about this. These are people working on this. These are people building a career on it. And frankly, I think that's a really cool thing. It can it can be said that we would like to disperse our urban centers, particularly this week. We might want to think about dispersing some urban centers, but that's not going to happen because that's still where the heartbeat is of things like government and much industry and so forth and so on. So making a better situation is going to do us a better job. I like that. Engineered lumber. I've always, I don't want, I don't want you, I don't want you to be doing all sorts of other crazy things, but I will let you know that this is the, uh, the best time to think about alternatives. Why not? The texts are coming in. We've got some people on the call line. There we go. Here comes a little bit of background for us. Thank you all very much. You all know that this is one of the more fun pieces of this broadcast is that we are live. And live Garden Radio is the very, very best. Stick around. Peace of mind goes a long way. As parents, we want to make sure our kids are taken care of in the future in all aspects, right? Especially financially. The Mississippi Department of Rehabilitation Services offers a savings program to help their clients achieve a better life experience by offering a way to alleviate some of the unknown financial worries. Mississippi ABLE is a federal program which enables individuals with disabilities to save money in tax-advantaged accounts that may be used for qualified disability expenses while keeping the eligibility for federal benefits. Learn more about Mississippi ABLE at MississippiAble.com. Here's what a family home prepared for hurricane season looks like. There's an adequate supply of propane in the tank, and it's securely anchored to the ground. The propane cylinders are stored outdoors, not in enclosed spaces. On the fridge, there are instructions for turning off the gas and other utilities in case of severe weather. How does your family's home measure up? Always listen to your local authorities during severe weather. Propane. Clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com to learn more. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden Center. Brighten the coming fall days and spice up your porch with the magnificent colors of cushion mums in bud and bloom. Lakeland has them. While you're there, be sure to check out the large selection of tropical plants and citrus trees for your sunroom, too. And don't forget to pick up winterizer for your lawn. Fall feeding promotes deep root growth and helps your lawn weather the winter. Listen to your mama now. We're growing your way at Lakeland Yard and Garden Center, Lakeland Drive and Airport Road. 
Hi, I'm John Albritton. If your diamond seems smaller today than yesterday, trade it for a larger stone at Albritton's. Our certified gemologist will give you a generous, no-obligation appraisal of your diamond, which can be applied to your new selection. Whether you choose to remount your existing stone or simply trade it, you'll get the most diamond value at Albritton's. Quality and value go hand in hand at Albritton's. Jewelers. It's back. That's right. School is back in session. That means it's time for our back-to-school super sale at Mazda of Jackson. That's right. School is back. And so is carpool and traffic. We're here to put you into a new ride so you can get to school in style while saving you cash. Get super low 2.9% financing for 72 months on new 2022 Mazda CX-9s. Get 2.49% financing for 36 months on new 2022 Mazda CX-5s. And come see the all-new 2023 Mazda CX-50. Buy a new Mazda and Mazda of Jackson will take care of your first year's maintenance at no cost to you. Shop right now at MazdaofJackson.com. Plus, you can buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile powertrain warranty. Have a trade? Bring it in and we'll give you top dollar for it, even if you don't buy a vehicle from us. And remember, 100% credit approval is our number one goal. School is in session. So come get your deal now at Mazda of Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our all-new state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. MazdaofJackson.com. With approved credit, like model CD for details. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Green Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? Green. <sighs> The new degree of comfort. Are you getting stressed out trying to buy or sell in today's real estate market? Hi, I'm Adam Moore of Four Corner Properties. At Four Corner Properties, we take pride in making your buying and selling experience simple and stress-free. With the foundation of our company being built on faith, family, and friendship, you can put your trust in our team at Four Corner Properties. So whether you're looking for a new home or looking for that new hunting track, give me a call on my cell at 662-528-2581 or at the office at 601-952-2828. Sit back. Relax and let me do the work for you. Welcome back to Weekend Gardening. Is David on the phone? Is this still David from California? Is he on the phone? What's up? Hey, David. We haven't heard from you in ages. What's going on? Well, not too bad. I think we're going to... I'm the guy from out in San Francisco. Yep. And, uh, yeah, we're going to be uh, facing off. I think the lowest it'll be for the next couple of days is 104. That's so, what I heard. Yeah, it's not happy. Uh, but um, any, and anyway, uh, what I was leading up to, you know, we need some shady trees, not only out here in California, but down there. And, um, you know, the, you were talking building supplies in the uh, lumber industry and the lumber councils and whatnot. You, you remember uh, 
was it 12 years ago now, a little more than that, actually 14, the uh, uh, Katrina wiped out a whole city. Hmm. And they needed so much lumber after that, the black mold moved in, and uh, so they had to basically not say that's, that that's a That's an interesting rendition, but go ahead. <laughs> sure. And the black mold came in because of the cheap paper wood, not wood, sheetrock that came in. The, 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 the gray mold has always been with us, but after Katrina, people got a product that was no good for us down here. And that's not the only place that that happened, certainly. But, yeah, the gray, mold, the gray mold came along and was a big problem. One of the things that's interesting to me, David, is that so much of that wood that was hauled off, we've had have several people that are in this audience who call from time to time to give us reports about their acres that they covered with that debris that they're now growing blueberries in. Okay, so at least it did go to some good. But the gray mold was a big problem. I don't even think all of that is is rectified even yet. Um, well, sure, yeah. And terrible. what I'm leading up to is is that building supplies need to change. You know, it was Katrina was what 15 years ago, let's say, and and uh, then after that we had uh, Fukushima or you know that earthquake. What is what do you want to change to? That's what, I think that's well, one reason got, why the timber people are interested in using engineered wood. Well, the the biggest issue, you know, when when that earthquake happened in Japan, they not only had to replace whole cities, they had to replace the side of Japan. And so trees can't grow fast enough for the disasters that are happening. You know, we've had these massive floods like up there in Tennessee got and Kentucky. I'm I'm living I'm living by the Pearl River, David. You don't have to talk to me about floods. Sure. Okay. So, you know, so bring me bring me to a point. Houses. Bring me to a point. This is a garden show. What do you want to grow? Uh, well, we have to plant more trees. Yeah. And we can't allow these uh you know, especially like your stout ones, the oaks that'll last 300 years, 500 years, have to have them cut down every 20 years to replace every uh every new city that's being wiped out by global warming. So, uh we have to be stable about it and, you know, come up with, I, you know, out here in San Francisco, we don't have any problem with communes, uh, but everybody out in the, you know, in, in the red states, let's say, say that it's all commie. Well, you what does this have house. to do with anything? I'm sitting in well, Jackson, Mississippi. My whole, my whole household is built around something in Berkeley, California, the Integral Urban House. I think a house should be self-sufficient as much as possible. My point is, what do you want to grow? There are people that are well, interested trees. in this conversation. There are people that are turning you off as we speak. This is a trees. garden show. What do you want to grow? What kind of trees, trees would you like me to help you grow? Well, uh, I would personally wonder if things like uh, garden clubs, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, church groups. They all plant trees, David. They all, yeah, they're all out there. They're all out there planting trees, I promise. Yeah, that's the thing is we've got to plant them as fast as possible because it's carbon capture, slow down the wind. You know, you're along, the, as you might know, the new Tornado Alley is up the Mississippi uh, in oh, yeah. uh, River Delta. <laughs> I live here. <laughs> yes, sure. I, I know. Now, tell me so this, David. Gotta, tell me this. What are you going to do in San Francisco when the temperature is 104 degrees? What kind of what can you do for yourself? Is there a tree to sit under? You know, it, will the eucalyptus even survive that temperature? That's the question. But um, that's the sad thing about it. Yeah, we got we've been begging people to do something about it for. Mm-hmm. My mother was into Rachel Carson in 1962. So uh, tell me about waiting and waiting and. I must waiting. have gone to school with your mother. 
Listen, David, we got to go. I got people waiting. I got stuff to do. I appreciate your input. I'm so happy that you listen. But I got to tell you something. Your your global point of view is great. It's just not going to work right here for this garden show. We got to talk about what you want to grow and what you want to do right here and right now. Thank you, though. Appreciate hearing from California always. Now, if my friends in other parts of the world wake up, now I don't know David actually personally. He's just a, someone who calls this and has called here for years and years. Um, and and that's that's very fine. But I got to tell you, I can't take a global point of view right at this moment because this is weekend gardening. It's time for us to talk about your plants and my plants. Things like, oh my goodness, things like Terry's magnificent, magnificent muscadines. I'm getting hungry. And I don't like muscadine wine. It's too sweet. But Somebody now is going to send me a bottle that's not too sweet. But anyway, the um, this is a beautiful planting, and he's in Bogachita. Y'all have heard me talk about his pictures before, so that's really fun. Joe has a good question up in Madison, which is a, another case where it's very local. Okay, we're going to, we're going to go local here. Zone eight. He wants bless your heart, Joe. Blow, Joe, you need to build a sunroom. I can tell you this right now. Joe's got split leaf philodendrons, three of them in big heavy pots. He wants to leave them outside for the winter. The answer is no. He wants to leave corn plant and he wants to leave chefalera. No. These are all tropical plants. These are all denizens of the rainforest. It's too cold in zone eight in the wintertime for them to survive. In fact, even if it even if it was a mild winter and the temperature didn't get to be below, say, 38 or 37 at your house, they would still be so set back that they might not recover. But if it actually freezes the way it generally does in Madison, Mississippi in the wintertime, they're going to die. And then you're going to have these great big empty pots, and that's going to be a real depressing experience. So get Get some saucers with rollers on them. Yes, they sell them at garden centers and anywhere else that you buy garden supplies. I have one for my citrus tree, and I roll it inside because it's too heavy to mess with otherwise. Now, the good news is that it doesn't take a whole lot of light for these plants, so you don't have to put up a greenhouse. You can literally have a bright window inside of your house, maybe add a supplemental grow light bulb to a lamp or two in that room, and you'll have plenty of light for these things. But, yes, yeah, split-leaf philodendrons. I have one right now that's stuck in my front yard. It isn't actually stuck there. It's sitting there in a container because it rooted into another container, and it won't move. I can't. I can't get it out of the pot. It's literally going to take, you know, four people and a rope to pull this plant. And then it might croak because I pulled it out of the container. But that's what happens when you leave things in their pots for a little bit too long. So I am glad that you repotted them. I think that's brilliant. But you've really got to give yourself the chance to uh, give them some wheels and get them into the house. Very, very important. Oh, my goodness. Um, this is such a good question. Bo from Starkville has a, a peace lily that he got in 2019 it's still in the original pot do i need to do anything if it if it's fine the answer is no you don't have to do anything for it i have one from i have a peace lily from the previous century (laughs) that i've had for so long this is one of my stories that i'm working on this is the story of the easy yes here, will you hold on to this plant for me? And of course, I say yes, because I was brought up to say, oh, yes, and then figure it out. We, we were brought up to be pleasers, to say, oh, yes, I can do that. Oh, yes, I'll be glad to try that. Sure, I'll serve on that committee. Sure, I'll go to that party. Sure, I'll, you know, we, we just say yes, and then we figure it out. Trust me, there are a lot of you listening who know exactly what I'm talking about. And in the case of this plant, 
I didn't realize I was getting myself into 24 years of taking care of these plants, but they multiplied. So if yours is still okay in one container, it still blooms. The water does not rush out the bottom. You might want to give it a little bit of fertilizer this winter. If it isn't, you know, if it's, if the water is still okay, doesn't go down too fast, but you're not getting any flowers, you might want to give it a little bit of fertilizer. But as long as it's not too crowded and as long as it's not, you know, literally falling out of the pot, you're, you're fine to leave it in the same container. Sometimes people, because their the container gets to be so comfortable and so happy a part of the world for them, they turn right around and take the plant out, score the roots and reduce them a little bit and put it back in the same container with fresh soil. So if it suits you and if the, the container is as much a part of this experience as the plant is, you can always do that. On the other hand, if you decide that that peace lily is, you know, the container is four inches tall and the peace lily is two feet tall, so it falls over all the time, or the roots are coming out the bottom, or they're crawling around in the top of, of the soil and choking the other little plants that are trying to come up, all those things are signs that you need to repot. And frankly, a lot of people have got plants they need to repot about now, because in about a month, of course, we're going to begin moving things, or sooner, we're going to begin moving plants indoors. And at that point, you don't want to have to be repotting them and shocking them too much. So repot them, let them recover, and then bring them inside. But if you don't have to recover, don't have to repot it, then it won't have to recover. So I like that. Really, really nice. Um, let's see. <laughs> Thank you, Bill in Poplarville. Appreciate that. And Brenda says... Oh, this is just beautiful. It's going to eat her house. Brenda and Brandon has a really big night blooming series. It's gorgeous. It is really, really lovely. I have one flower this morning. I've got about 12 buds on the three plants, but I have one flower this morning, which is always better. It's always a better cup of coffee if there's a night blooming series to share it with. Um, the night blooming series is not going to eat your house, but it is a big plant. And yeah, it's, it, it, if you want it to continue in the way that it is now, you will probably not want to prune it very much. But if it's not going to fit in the house, go ahead and prune the pieces off that you need to do now and root them, and you will have all of the Christmas gifts that you need because everybody wants that plant. You can you can literally make ten people happy with cuttings off of this one. What a beautiful plant, Brenda. That's terrific. Thank you. I have um, several other pieces of <laughs> – this was one this week. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Okay, if you've never listened to this program before, you probably don't know that I'm really committed to sustainable gardening, in part because when I became a horticulturist, we used so much of everything that, frankly, I'm hypersensitive to some things. And one of those things is seven dust. It'll make me sneeze if I walk into the aisle where it is in the garden center. All right. But here's the thing. There's too much of it. It's carboreal. There's too much of it. It doesn't work as well as it used to on the things that it used to control. And because we got the idea from somebody's daddy that we should use it, and I'm saying that because that's what everybody says, my daddy used it on everything. Well, okay, I hope it worked. But here's the problem. It's a powder. Generally, 5% 7 is generally a powder. If it falls on the aphid, the powder itself will kill the aphid. But seven is for chewing insects. Seven is for hornworms and cabbage worms and things with bigger mouth parts than aphids and white flies. Okay, so if you're using it as this person was to try to control mealybugs, it's not going to work. 
This person says, I've used both the dry and the liquid 7, 5%, and 10%, and another product that the garden center recommended. She didn't tell me what this was. To get rid of the mealybugs, but nothing works. I've noticed them on some of my other potted plants. What do I need to do before fall? Well, the 7 is not a good idea. So if you would read the other label on the other product that the garden center recommended to you, it'll probably tell you that it will control mealybugs and that you have to spray at eight-day intervals for three cycles because that's the way we use most every product that we're going to try to control, not not the systemic ones, but the ones that we're doing contact control with because they multiply every eight days. And if you think, you ever wonder why you have the house and the dog and the yard and everything treated for fleas and you walk back in and there's still a flea? Well, it's because that flea was at the right stage not to be killed by whatever you had done. That's because they multiply every eight days. It's a, it's an ingenious bit of the insect world. That's why we go crazy with them so much. But if she'll switch to that, she'll have that opportunity. Either pyrethrin or neem will do the job. And frankly, I've got a few mealybugs on one plant right now that I'm just dipping and, and wiping them off with a, a little brush. Well, it's a swab, actually, um, of, of alcohol, and that works just fine. Okay? Okay. All righty. Let's see. This is – I don't see a name, but we'll say – we'll say uh, – I don't know. We'll say Bowen Greenville. How about that? I have an Encore Azalea that was planted in May of 2021, so it's been in the ground for a little more than a year. It has put out plenty of new growth, but the blooms only come out on the original part of the plant. Is there anything I can do to fix this? Yes. The the plant does still need to be pruned, but it needs to be pruned after the first big spring bloom. So next year when those old branches put on their flowers, prune the whole shrub. And then you'll find that it will begin. And, of course, if you haven't done it, that'll be time to fertilize with an acid-loving fertilizer made for azaleas, camellias, hollies, all that kind of stuff. And uh, that's the, the really good news about that is that it will work, and you'll you'll think I'm a genius. And all I'm actually doing is telling you what my friends at Encore Azaleas have done, which is to prune them after the first bloom in the spring and then fertilize. And then you get rebloom through the fall. Okay? All right. Now, as you all know, this is one of my very favorite love songs. Tune your ears up. It's a good one. So pure, it's the morning too. Nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. A lot of businesses are losing opportunities to get new customers if they're not online. With the power of Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital, you can reach potential customers and get more referral and repeat business. The highly trained and trusted team at Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital is ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. 
Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. You hear those notifications? That's small businesses in America taking off on TikTok. Businesses like Porgy's Hot Dogs. I have another good one for y'all today. Our peanut butter and jelly dog. Their homemade hot dog videos pull in diners from across the country. And there's Matt Fix-It, your local handyman just building a business. Holy freaking drywall repair. We've got a bathtub above this kitchen. Over a million people saw that video, and new customers are still flying in. American Small Business booms on TikTok. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Dream Home AC Systems. (laughs) Are you feeling it? The new degree of comfort. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. ESISupply.net. It's not if you're going to have a spill at your business or workplace, it's when. ESISupply.net. Exorbent pads by the bundle or roll. ESISupply.net. Socknet boom products, oil gator, oil dry spill kits, and much more. ESISupply.net. Take it from Scary Gary. If it can spill, it's gonna. ESI Supply, 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910 or online at ESISupply.net. Are you a hard worker? Are you dependable? Do you have a good attitude? Do you want to be part of a team? If so, the Black Label Bridge Builders at Key Constructors offers lead men and women purpose-driven career opportunities with on-the-job and outside training, leadership development, and benefits. To learn more about what it takes to be a black label bridge builder, please visit Key's website at keyconstructors.com. Please also follow at Key Constructors on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to see regular updates on the black label bridge builders. Thank you for listening to Weekend Gardening. It's such a pleasure to be here. One of the opportunities that so few people get, and I never, ever, ever 
take it for granted. Thank you so much for being here today. Good question coming in this morning on the Ceasefire text line. Would there, y'all all have good questions, but this is a particularly good one because we were just talking a week or two ago about planting clover as a ground cover. And the, in this case, the question is coming from Lafayette County. What should I fertilize Durano white clover with when when planting it? And the answer is zero something something. Okay, it's whatever it is. No nitrogen. Zero twenty twenty is a really good choice. Um, zero ten ten if you could find it, but this probably not going to be available. Zero twenty twenty. Some people just feed potash. Um, some people will do zero zero sixty. Okay, in other words, they'll they'll do just a potash when it starts in the spring when it starts coming up. But in terms of planting it. Um, you're not going to plant, need to plant, you're not going to need to use any nitrogen and you need to use something else. So zero twenty twenty is yes, the recommendation. That was a, that was a really good question. And I appreciate it because we don't talk about that all that often. I, this, this time of year, I find myself I always end up getting an email from the couple of people who actually use zero twenty twenty because I talk about it every fall and people love it. The people who actually find it and, and use it find that they have a really, really good result with it. So that's terrific. Let's talk with Jay. Hey, Jay, what's going on? Now, you're here via Macomb. <laughs> what's going on? I, I, I am. I'm down here. Uh, I'm down here for sad reasons. My poor dad, I just um, going through kind of putting him in a nursing home. And so, uh, but I'm from Macomb. I've been down here for a week. It's been good to hear your show. Thank you. And um, I, I live in Maine now. The good I'm news is, let me tell you something, Jay. Let me tell you something, Jay. This is a tough situation. It's not unlike one that many of us have had to face and that many of our children will have to face. But the good news is you're here for him and that that's that's all the stars that. in your, all the stars in your crown. You live in Maine I, I these days. I, I'm the only one left and it has been tough. <laughs> I understand. Tough, I understand. We're making it. We well, figured it out. Um, let me just say as a northeaster but a proud son of Mississippi, I'm so glad we have all these folks from the west coast and east coast that tell us what we need to know down in Mississippi, right? <laughs> it's really good that they they're so full i hear it all the time up in maine they like to make sure us southerners know how we should uh you know be living and caring for things so yeah. well I you can you can flip that, that right? you can flip that on its head you can flip that because an, an expert is a journeyman far from home so you, you can always you can go to maine and be the expert now here's the good news maine just in case you don't think i mean i have been there and i have to tell you that johnny selects Seeds is one of my favorite places on earth. They have gotten money from me all the time in my life. And that's a great, great place. They, they not only produce seed, but they grow better plants than other people. So it's delightful. There, you know, there is, I think, I think the nation's largest um, nursery or some giant greenhouse over in New Hampshire, not far from where I am. And if you come back up to that area, you should try to check that out. I forget the name right now. But it's beautiful. But if you nice. come, you let me know, and uh, I'll make sure you get lots of dinner. I sure will. Thank you. Now, what's up with the crepe myrtle? <clears throat> I miss them a lot. I, I kind of took them for granted, and I'm not. I don't really have a green thumb, um, but uh, I have. I have a, an old house that we've been remodeling for four years now, and I want a crepe myrtle so bad. It is really getting warmer in Maine. I mean, we've really felt it. Mm-hmm. Felt it this summer, especially last summer. And uh, I know that I'm in a different zone, but I want to. I want to know if there's any way. You think I could sustain one either in a large pot on a patio where I covered up during the winter, or if there would be any way where I could I could plant it and then maybe cover it up to kind of weather the winters. I'm I'm curious to just experiment. That's how bad I want one. What do you know? What zone? What growing zone you live in? 
Uh, I forget. I'm, I'm in the car and not looking okay, at Okay, that's it, all right. Um, no, that's all right. I'm going to tell you yeah, two it's, things. It's southern Maine, and I know that the okay. coldest zone is north of me. We're right, not right. the coldest one. Right, right. No, you're, I think you're in zone six, but I could be wrong about that. It might be five. The point is, you're a little on the iffy. You, you can grow lilacs. And I think one reason the crepe myrtles are so popular is because we don't grow lilacs so well down here. But they have a similar effect in the garden. So I think you're in that department. The good news for you is that there are actually hang, hanging basket-sized crepe myrtles. And there are also ones that are small enough, yes, to grow in that container. You may have to do like I was advising the person with the giant split leaves and get yourself a coaster that has wheels on it to roll it in the house or into the garage in some kind of shelter in the wintertime. But, yeah, you can grow a crepe myrtle. Well, how about in those, when I see, we're doing a lot of work in my yard. We're about to, I'm about to put in a real big patio. And, you know, I see, as I look at photos, I see these days these big sort of massive sort of concrete planters that you might see at a hotel mm-hmm. and that's in my head they have small trees in them and i'm wondering if i were to come up with something like that and then in the winter box that in with some sort of low-grade heat if it might just be enough to sustain that plant during the winter it, it could be here's what i'm going to ask you to do is to send me an email and send me okay. i don't want you to say it on the air but send me your physical address and i'm going to find out your zone and i'm going to find out whether or not this is feasible so send it to mama that's, down. that's what i'll do okay mama on air m a m a on air at yahoo.com i get to i will get to um, emails around tuesday if my wifi holds out <laughs> It's yes, a long ma'am. story. Somebody ran into the pole, and 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 the oh, it's a, it's a mess. But we, we're going to be having you know three on your side out there pretty soon if they don't fix my Wi-Fi because the pole's going to burn up. You, it's a generator. It's a gas-filled generator on a pole in the middle of town. <laughs> this is not a good idea. <laughs> so. It goes off every 12 hours when it runs out of gas. But anyway, I will get to e- they will get the email fixed, I think, by about Tuesday, and I'll get be able to answer you. Meanwhile, take care of your daddy. Thank you so much for being there for him, and thank you so much for listening. You guys, I will start listening every, every Saturday now that I've found you, so thank you so much. Thank you. Take care now. Take care. Bye-bye. We love Macomb. We love a guy that takes care of his dad, too, so that's wonderful. Um, I have, uh, I'm have. i happy to say that I have raised some children that are good at that, <laughs> so that's good news. Um, let's see. Oh, Jason's also, this was Jason that was talking about the clover, and he wants to know about rape and turnip greens when planting. When you're planting them, you can literally put out just about anything that you you have laying around. You may have vegetable garden food. You may have that zero twenty twenty. You may have something else, but it's, it doesn't matter as long as you have enough, a little bit of fertilizer. They don't take much, so just be sure and give them some. Okay, okay. Uh, let's see. Good morning from Batesville. How y'all doing? I'm glad to hear from you today. That's neat. Uh, good to hear from you. Oh my goodness, I didn't know. I just, there's so many things I don't know. (laughs) That's why I have to learn something new every single day. I have just recently heard that there's an app for that. There's an app for everything, isn't there? Well, they don't recommend them for some things, but in the case of the breakthrough in the search for a cure for tinnitus, that ringing in your ears that you may know as tinnitus, well, I don't I don't know, but you may know it. After 20 years of trying to figure this out, University of Auckland is excited, the researchers there. This is a clinical trial <laughs> of a mobile phone-based therapy. 
Now, no, it's not trying to get you to be on the therapy, I mean, on the phone more. It's probably trying to get you to be on there a little bit less. But they randomized patients, and they found that the popular self-help app that adds white noise to your environment actually does help to reduce the evidence and to also reduce the incidence of tinnitus in their their trial. There's not anything that can actually cure it. We understand that. But 65% of the people that participated reported an improvement. If you've never known anybody with that particular um, problem, well, frankly, you know how good that can be to, to solve it for sixty for that many sixty five percent of people. Almost everybody here gets a ringing in their ears at some point. That's just the way it goes. But when it won't stop, it's like having the hiccups. You know, you can't. Well, anyway, I'm glad I don't have the hiccups. I couldn't be a broadcaster for very long. The good news is, if you needed rain, you're going to get it. The bad news is, if you need it you're going to get. If you don't need it, you're also going to get it. But now I tell you what, we got a lot to talk about here. We got people calling us, talking to us, sending in texts, this, that, and the other thing. This is Weekend Gardening. Customers, a whole home energy upgrade. The Propane Energy Pod Builder Incentive Program. What's the Propane Energy Pod? It's a total home energy upgrade that combines high-efficiency propane gas appliances to meet a home's major energy needs and delivers superior comfort and efficiency compared with all electric homes. Not only is it good for homeowners, it's good for builders, too. All propane homes, on average, are valued up to 5% higher than all electric homes. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money. But they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. Get the buck to stop when you shop the hunting appreciation event at Gaddis McLaurin Feed Seed Hardware and Mercantile, September 8th through the 10th, the entire store, 10% off. Live entertainment, free food and beverages, prizes, great deals all day long, like generic roundup, two and a half gallons, $79.99, rice bran, 50 pound bag, $9.89, pounds bag, $15.99, and corn for $8.50. Get the buck to stop when you shop the hunting appreciation event, September 8th through the 10th at Gaddis McLaurin Feed Seed Hardware and Mercantile since 1871 in downtown Bolton. We'll see you there. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. 601-345-8090. It's Alyssa Arbuckle and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. One of the issues State Senator Angela Turner Ford would like to see addressed in the 2023 legislative session is Medicaid expansion, which she believes would strengthen families. 
And if we can't accomplish that for, I would say, the general public, certainly um, providing additional care for uh, maternal Medicaid recipients is, is something I would like to see as well. The Senate moved to expand postpartum Medicaid benefits from 60 days to a year in 2022, but the plan died in the House. Mississippi is one of 12 states that hasn't expanded Medicaid access under the Affordable Care Act. And a Mississippi woman has pleaded guilty to charges of conspiracy, fraud, and bribery in connection with the Hines County Election Commission case. Sudie Jones-Teague is facing five counts of fraud and one count of bribery after her company received $118,000 in election grant money. Now Jones-Teague has agreed to testify against her co-conspirators, which include Hines County Election Commissioner Tony Johnson. This is Jake Mangum, player for the New York Mets organization and former Mississippi State Bulldog. I travel a lot, but no place feels like home. Our houses and our cars are where we spend a lot of our time. That's why a home and auto insurance bundle from Farm Bureau makes so much sense. If you aren't already on the team, it's time to join Farm Bureau. Visit favrates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance. Or find a local agent at msfbins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. Hundreds of thousands of Mississippians like me. Yes, please. Depend on public benefits for health care, food, and and housing. housing. To receive these benefits, I cannot have more than $2,000 in my name. With able, I can save for my future without losing my much-needed benefits. I couldn't plan on savings before, but But now I I am able. able. Visit MississippiAble.com to get started. There's been a federal push toward renewable energy, but is it reliable? Douglas Carswell is with the Mississippi Center for Public Policy. The idea that we should all switch to electric cars is fine if you earn $200,000 and you live in Boston or Los Angeles or New York. It's not practical if you run a farm in the Delta, Mississippi. In a piece published on their website, MCPP makes the case that solar isn't really cheaper. You have these handouts to switch to solar precisely because solar is not cheaper. If you ignore the need that you have to store the electricity that it produces, it might seem low. But once you factor in the need to store and the startup costs, it is nothing like as cheap as gas and coal and oil. For all things Mississippi, visit supertalk.fm. With Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. Well, it's here to kick off of the college football season 2022 today. Actually, it was last Saturday when Vanderbilt traveled to Hawaii and knocked off the Warriors 63-10 to to open the season for the Vanderbilt Commodores. And then today, the Ole Miss Rebels will be at home versus Troy. 3 o'clock kick there at Vaught Hemingway Stadium. 1 o'clock airtime on the Ole Miss Football Network. And then Mississippi State will be at home tonight to take on Memphis. 6.30 kick there at Scott Field. 4.30 airtime on the MSU Football Network. And a feature matchup tomorrow night in the Southeastern Conference. Florida State will take on LSU with a 6.30 kick there. And the Southern Miss Golden Eagles will open the second year of the Will Hall era and the first year in the Sun Belt Conference riding a two-game win streak they finished the last year against as well. Liberty will be the opponent in Hattiesburg. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. 
You know that nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. Are customers able to find you online? With the power of Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital, you can reach potential customers and get more referral and repeat business. Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted staff is ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. Peace of mind goes a long way. As parents, we want to make sure our kids are taken care of in the future in all aspects, right? Especially financially. The Mississippi Department of Rehabilitation Services offers a savings program to help their clients achieve a better life experience by offering a way to alleviate some of the unknown financial worries. Mississippi ABLE is a federal program which enables individuals with disabilities to save money in tax-advantaged accounts that may be used for qualified disability expenses while keeping the eligibility for federal benefits. Learn more about Mississippi ABLE at MississippiAble.com. Along with the start of the college football season is the preseason watch list that's been announced for the 27th annual C. Spire Connolly Trophy. All 10 schools are represented for the trophy that will be awarded to the top college football player in the state. Some of the names that will jump out at you as the season goes along, though, is Mississippi State quarterback Will Rogers, along with Nathan Pickering, defensive tackle for the Bulldogs. And Ole Miss has a quarterback competition going underway. Junior Kincaid Dent Join sophomores Luke Altmar and Jackson Dart. Southern Miss has several potential standouts. Malik Shorts at defensive back. Ty Keyes at quarterback. Frank Gore Jr. at running back. And Tyler Knight transfer from Ole Miss at defensive back for the Golden Eagles. Alcorn State, Bellhaven, Delta State, Jackson State, Millsaps College, Mississippi College, and Mississippi Valley are all represented in the voting for the Connolly Trophy that will be announced at the end of the football season. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. Thank you so very, very much for being here today with me. And of course, our team. That's right. I get to have a team today. There's two men on the other side of the glass <laughs> making sure that this particular broadcast, as I am wont to do, does not go off the rails. And we've all, we all know that I'm that character in the cart of the, in the mine that doesn't necessarily get where it's supposed to go all the time. The good news is y'all are filling up the morning with so much great stuff, both on the text line as well as on the phone line today. And I, I appreciate it very, very much. Y'all are fun. Some really good questions popping in here, um, particularly that are, will rain slow them down? I thought I'd be picking peas by now. Yes, of course it can. Rainy days, less photosynthesis, less ripening conditions, and sometimes, frankly, the onset of just some grayness, both on the pea pods as well as in the air. Okay, that's that all that can happen as well. Um, getting the, another question about first garden. And I had, a, this is a good, good question. What should I do starting our first fall winter garden? Uh, what do I need to prepare the soil besides tilling it? Well, the answer is depends on the drainage. And if you've not done this before and you you don't know whether your soil will drain or not, just dig a hole and pour some water in it and see how long, you know, dig a hole about eight inches deep and put some water in it and see how long it takes for the water to go away. If it doesn't drain away within 45 minutes or so, you've got thick, heavy-duty soil that's not going to drain 
drain well, or you've got oversaturated soil that's not going to drain well. In that case, you do need to start putting in some organic matters. Might be soil conditioner, might be um, very old compost or very old leaf mold or or very um, very well composted gin trash. It could be ground bark. It could be any number of things, but the organic matters are going to help with the drainage. On the other hand, if it's good, if it drains all right, then you're good to go. Just add the organic matters as you till in a little bit, maybe, and wait to fertilize each row when you plant it or fertilize the individual plants as you put them in. That's one of the pieces of the puzzle that I think we don't oftentimes think about as much as we should, interestingly enough. Um, that's interesting. Okay, and yes, all right. Oh, <laughs> Here's a good question. The, the, she loves the tree. She, she's got the trees in the yard. Makes Chinese chestnuts. She doesn't. Want, she does not care for the chestnuts. What can you do about the chestnuts? Can you keep the tree from making them? Not really, um, because a healthy tree is going to produce its its nuts, its fruits. And in the case of Chinese chestnuts, there's probably somebody near you that wants them because people are always looking for them. And I would suggest that you do that. That's what I did. And I'm still sorry that that neighbor moved away. My my neighbor immediately next door to me has a, two very large pine trees, and all of the pine straw falls in my front garden. I don't like it there. I might, I'll rake up some and use it on a path in the back, but I don't use it for mulch in the front bed because I want to be able to dig the mulch in, and I don't want it laying on my lawn all winter either because I think it gets kind of soggy out there. So luckily I had a person that would come and rake it all up. Well, he's gone. He moved. <laughs> He's probably listening this morning saying, yeah, that's right. I don't need that anymore. He now has a much fancier landscape, doesn't need the pine straw. But there you are. Uh, let's see. Nancy wants to know when is. Uh, wow, you haven't written in a long time. Welcome in. The, uh, when is the best time to purchase and plant Abraham Lincoln roses? Generally speaking, we do that. We, we get them into our hands if we possibly can in the fall and plant them in February or else we plant them as soon after February as we can get our hands on the plants. Many times Mr. Lincoln will come in a bare root setting. So you can order it, pot it up yourself and hold it in, you know, just barely keep it alive. Well, no, that's not true. You, it will, it'll be very alive, but keep it isolated, keep it away from where you're going to plant it until it's actually a plant. But, some people prefer to go ahead and put bare root plants into the ground. If that's the case, spring is going to be better than fall. It really does come down to when you can get them because some places you can order that stuff and some places you can't at different times of the year. Okay? But it's a beautiful rose. I'll give you that. Abraham Lincoln is just gorgeous. Love it, love it, love it. I didn't go back to him soon enough. I'm sorry. He wanted to know about poison in the ditch. I probably didn't have the answer he wanted anyway. You know me, I'm going to tell you, if you spray it in the ditch, it's going to wash down to the next thing, and you may or may not want to kill whatever that is. Well, he had a few questions about it, saying that everywhere they had sprayed this year, everything died, including the fish and everything. Yeah. And everybody he had spoken with, even a game warden, had had the same issue in, uh, where he had called from. that He just couldn't find any fish anywhere they had sprayed. So. Yeah, that's a problem. It reminds me of one of my early phone calls a hundred years ago when I was on the radio for the one of the first times, and a woman called from the Delta and said that her camellias kept dying, and she, the only thing she could associate it with 
but was that they were they had changed the flight pattern of the crop dusters. And I said, well, I, I can't say that that's what caused it, but I can tell you that there's every chance in the world that if you did a test of that soil, you would find the or the leaves of the plant that died, you would find some remains of that because this is not. This is not something that goes out and says, oh, gee, I think I'll kill that, but not that. <laughs> That's not how these things work. And unfortunately, in when it comes to being around waterways, we have way too many situations where some one person sprays and another person sprays and they don't know so it's a double dose that happens so that's why i'm glad to know that the game warden or whoever is into it there'll be an investigation it'll be on tv here in about two months when they tell us how much you know what happened to wherever that was it's it's a problem and it's one that that we see every year you say why why are you talking about this again because when you look at the dead zone in the gulf of mexico that's what's rolling to us, all the, the extra fertilizers, the extra processing, the extra things that we're doing that we don't necessarily have to do, but that we have gotten accustomed to doing, and now we see the dead zones in our, our water. None of that's good. But on the other hand, you know, every year we, we get smarter. We find new developments. We find things that work better. We now have, good heavens, we now have bacteria that actually prefers to eat plastic. You know, we're getting, we're making progress. Because we are human beings, and that's what we do. We don't. We, you know, we're never satisfied. Speaking of never satisfied, Trey, you are killing me. Oh my goodness! Trey's having a tomato sandwich at this hour of the morning. Oh, it's amazing. He, we were both licking our lips back here. Yeah, looking I mean, at this he's, he's amazing. He grows wonderful, wonderful, wonderful tomatoes, and I'm, I just, I'm just crazy. Thank you, Trey. Appreciate that. <laughs> Make me hungry right now. <laughs> now here's some good news. I have got to tell you, we are uh, we have had an ongoing thing about what's genetically modified and what it means and whether we should and what we should have to do with this. Well, one piece of it is bioengineering. One piece of it is taking something that may have been kind of like we talked about in the terms of the vanilla ability to put in some some and and realize what it is that the actual flavoring is coming from and putting more of that into the next generation. In this case, what they have worked on, they've transgenetically altered soybean plants to increase the efficiency of photosynthesis. I don't think I'm opposed to that. (laughs) I I really don't think I'm opposed to that. Um, We understand that at, at any given time, 10 to 15 percent of the world's population is hungry, that there's not enough food for everybody. And according to UNICEF, by 2030, which, believe it or not, is around the corner, there will be well more than 60, 650 million people expected to face food scarcities. So if we can make our plants more efficient, we probably need to do that. We probably need to figure that out, and I can't say that it would be bad for our farmers um, to have a, to be able to have a seed that was going to do better than the one they had before, unless, of course, it turns out to be like some of the other things that we have seen over time, where you can't save your seed and you can't use this and you can't do that. Most of that has been adjudicated by now, but all of those things are in the the payoff because it does cost a lot of money to manufacture this particular thing. And so, of course, 
if the seed are going to come true, which may or may not happen, folks, for example, this is the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign, you know, they're always studying better ways to get our crops to do better, and they're telling us that this is actually working. Some of this is part of um, grants from... UK grants from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the Foundation for Food and Agriculture Research, the the usual suspects that we hear about in in terms of these things and the right project and whatnot. But they're they've had issues, of course, just like anything that we change. You change something, something changes. And in this case, they've managed to change the level of photosynthesis and the rate of photosynthesis without affecting the quality of the soybeans. That's huge. It's really a big deal and one that we will all appreciate um, even more going forward because everybody needs to, to know more about that. Speaking of that sort of thing in the leaf and the business and the way that nature does inform our technical advances, University of Cambridge has now developed, here's a, a phrase that's not going to make any sense to you because it didn't make any sense to me, floating artificial leaves. What? That's right. They generate clean fuel from sunlight and water and they could in fact be out in the sea to float and power stuff. Now, come on. You know you want this. It's not science fiction. This is actually something that think what we could do. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Think if there were some leaves that floated in the water body that ran the water plant. Okay. I mean, come on. Let's think. Let's think. Let's think 21st century. We don't really need to do everything the same way they did in 1902 or even 1952. (laughs) And yes, I was around. Okay, I know. It was a great year. However, we have progressed since then. <laughs> Some of it was a great. Some of it was. Um, Professor Irvin Reisner is one of the people that has studied this particular piece, and we have talked about him here before, because he's, he is on a, a man-made mission to find sustainable solutions based on the principles of photosynthesis. He has said probably 20 years ago, the first paper that I remember reading was about how photosynthesis is the perfect mechanism. And so why aren't we doing biofuels? Why aren't we manufacturing these things in the way of photosynthesis? So the fact that he's actually got the floating leaves going, I have a feeling he's feeling pretty full of himself now. Russell Planning Company is weighing in to say that he still can't, they still can't save their seed on the farm. See, I told you, I'm not crazy. Anyway, but the breeding over the last 25 years has changed. The game yields are higher now. He's exactly right. And that's what we have to, it's a, it's a game. We have to weigh what's what and what's what. The chances are really good that in another 25 years, those seed would come true. <laughs> okay, from themselves. We've talked about this before. Sweet 100's cherry tomatoes were a hybrid. They were fancy. Wow, look at that. By the time they bred the sweet 1000s, which were smaller and longer clusters, the sweet 100s were coming true from seed because they had been reproduced so many times they just got into their own groove as it was. So that's we, we still save those seeds ourselves and are able to get plenty, plenty, plenty tomatoes off of them. Really fun, though. But thank you. Thank you for weighing in, Russell. It's, um, that, it's true. And there's there's a reason for that. You make an agreement, and you go by the agreement. And like anything else in this world, if if you're living up to the terms of what you said you're going to do, you're doing better than the person next to you because they're not. And that that's the way that is. Um, let's see. Yes, you will you will want to do carrots in the Delta. That's going to be a great crop for you. Absolutely. I love planting carrots, but the fall is so much better than the spring. Good grief. 
Andrea's in Madison. Oop, my night blooming cereus hasn't bloomed. What should I fertilize it with, or should I? If it's all green and leafy, and and too much, you know, too much leaf material. If you have some flower forming fertilizer or something with a very high middle number and a very high high third number, like five, ten, ten, or twelve, thirty, forty, or one of those things. You could use that now. It may or may not help them set buds, but it certainly won't hurt the plant. And that's that's what we're trying to do at this point is is ensure the plant is happy. Because, it, frankly, it, it almost is. Um, if it's growing and doing well in the middle of August, going into September, the chances are you're going to see some buds coming along. Okay? So if you if you haven't fertilized it, though, it would be the time to use a flower formula. And that, that'll help me a bunch. That will really, you know, I really probably should have done that. I had advice um, after I put a picture of one of mine. I have four, but I put a picture of one, the oldest one, on the social media. And some people that I know who grow them better than I do, they grow magnificent. I mean, they have parties, you know, for people to come over and see these flowers blooming at night. They've got so many of them, which is delightful. I've been to a few parties myself, but they said, your your leaves are so pale yellow. And look how terrible the top of that container looks. I know it has moss growing on it. It's really awful. But it's got 15 buds on it right now. So why would I do anything <laughs> except watch them bloom? And each year I think, well, this will be the year that I'll repot or do something. Because it is about five feet wide. And it takes up one side of my office in the wintertime. But it still blooms. I don't. I propagate it all the time, but it still blooms. Pretty fun. Pretty much fun. Um, and your, yours will too, Andrea, I'm sure. Alan in Batesville wants to seed the lawn for, with Bermuda grass seed for next year. We're right at the, the pit tipping point. If you had done this two weeks ago, I wouldn't have had a problem with it. Right now, it's going to be tough. If you do it now, if it's a bare area that's going to wash away into nothing over the winter, if you don't plant something, Certainly put out the Bermuda, but mix it with some annual rye so that you'll have something that sprouts, even if the Bermuda doesn't. Um, I'm sorry, perennial rye is what what you'll find. Anyway, we treat it like an annual, but it's called perennial rye, and it's the one that you'll mow off next spring. Hopefully by that time the Bermuda would have gotten thick. But this is a very hard time for Bermuda because we're right in that point where the nights are going to be a little cooler, and Bermuda grass does so much better at germination when things are, frankly, too unpleasant for me to be outside. Um, and it, it's, it, I, you could try it. Just don't, please don't feel like you're going to get the absolute lawn that you want. And if you do it, you are going to want to overseed it to hold it in place. No question. There's, there's so much that we could do with perennial ryegrass in the fall, whether it's covering an area as a cover crop so that we're not maybe you're not going to plant again till next spring you know tomatoes or flowers cut flowers or something that that you're doing that's all really great use for it and of course having a nice green lawn when your relatives come down to visit from up north at christmas time it's never never bad <laughs> that's another use for it but it's particularly important perennial ryegrass if you've got an area that's going to wash away because it will literally put its roots into that soil and hold it in place, and then it will also prepare it for you to be able to plant better next spring because it's frankly, you know, it's broken up a little bit. Let it do the work for you. We don't all have to till. We can let some of these things happen on their own if we put the right plants in the right place. Now, for the person who doesn't like Ringo's voice, I'm sorry. I do. 
Here we go, friends. We got a bit more to do this morning. Stick around. No one there to tell us what to do. I like to be under the sea. In an octopus's gut with you. In an octopus's gut with you. Wait to hang up my team mascot. <laughs> I think he's having a nightmare. No, this is part of his lesson plan. He's trying to show us that calling Mississippi 811 before you dig is so easy, you can do it with your eyes closed. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again. If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Hostile takeover or gracious buyout? Dr. Michael Ziegler opens our 90th season of broadcasting with a message about living under new ownership. This week on The Lutheran Hour. Each Sunday morning at 7 on Super Talk 97.3. It's back. That's right. School is back in session. That means it's time for our back-to-school super sale at Mazda of Jackson. That's right. School is back. And so is carpool and traffic. We're here to put you into a new ride so you can get to school in style while saving you cash. Get super low 2.9% financing for 72 months on new 2022 Mazda CX-9s. Get 2.49% financing for 36 months on new 2022 Mazda CX-5s. And come see the all-new 2023 Mazda CX-50. Buy a new Mazda, and Mazda of Jackson will take care of your first year's maintenance at no cost to you. Shop right now at MazdaofJackson.com. Plus, you can buy with confidence with a 20-year, 250,000-mile powertrain warranty. Have a trade? Bring it in and we'll give you top dollar for it, even if you don't buy a vehicle from us. And remember, 100% credit approval is our number one goal. School is in session. So come get your deal now at Mazda of Jackson, where nobody walks away because everybody saves. Our all-new state-of-the-art facility is located at 5397 I-55 Frontage Road North in Jackson. Call 991-2222 today. MazdaofJackson.com. With approved credit on select model, see dealer for details. Wives, do you have trouble getting your husbands to see a doctor? Tell them the doctor has a boat for sale. At Man Up MD, we understand most men don't have a doctor, but they should. Man Up MD is a men's clinic designed for men by men to handle manly issues. From day-to-day primary care to reclaiming your energy and vigor, Man Up MD can keep you healthy and feeling your best. Check us out at menshealthmississippi.com. That's menshealthms.com. 
The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe, the Philly Cheesesteak Sandwich or Wrap, Melt-in-Your-Mouth Pulled Pork Sandwich, and the best burger in the Metro. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. Magnolia Health is made for Mississippi. A statewide network of specialists and primary care physicians at more than 17,000 locations. Community outreach programs and quality jobs for nearly 400 Mississippians. Our commitment to building healthier communities in Mississippi has never been stronger. Learn more at magnoliahealthplan.com slash benefits. question on the text line today from Ray and Clinton. So nice to meet you, Ray. was glad to see y'all at Lakeland. That was fun. We're going to do that again, by the way, y'all. We had a good time, so we're going to do that one again. Guard Mama, I oversee the backyard every year with annual ryegrass. Am I doing it too late because it's later in the season when my grass comes out? When's the best time to oversee? It may be the... Um, the amount of shade that's in the backyard that that determines when the lawn comes out, but you can begin plant you can plant that ryegrass as soon as November first, you know, to, for overseeding purposes. There's no reason to wait any longer than that. So why not? In most places, we get about six months out of it. So if we go from November, you know it'll be burned up <laughs> by the time the weather gets hot, which is when it goes down anyway. Okay, okay, good question. Land plants changed Earth's composition. I love, I love a good headline. Last week we were all over. The meteorite created the continents. You know, there's so many things. This week, the shift in the continents is attributed to plants. Now, I don't know about you. I've had plants move things before, not necessarily my continents, but I have had plants move things you'll realize pretty soon that that stepping stone's not where it was and that the root of something has extended underneath there and moved it a little bit, that sort of thing. But that's what we usually encounter. In this case, though, there have been this is a huge group of researchers, by the way, from all over the world studying land-plant evolution on Earth's chemical composition over 700 million years. Now, you may not know this about me, but I once applied for a two-year job to run a grant, and the guy said, "What the the, the boss said, what's your five-year plan? And my answer was, if I had a five-year plan, I would not be applying for a two-year job. He hired me anyway, and I enjoyed it very, very much. But in this case, how long does it take to study something 700 million years ago? And in fact, the Silurian period, when they talk about the, the, the Pangea, y'all have seen that, uh, y'all have seen maps, y'all have studied some of this and also seen it in, in science fiction and fantasy stuff too. Pangea, of course, was North America and, and Europe conjoined into a landmass. And what we have always, I mean, people have had a theory. This theory comes up, that theory comes up. The latest one was the meteorite. Well, now, no, the idea is that plants caused fundamental changes to the river systems bringing about meandering rivers, muddy floodplains, thicker soil, and eventually things just came apart. 
as the water began to dominate. Pretty interesting. Now, the plate tectonics have a role in here, as you might imagine, too. But when everything all stops moving, it traps things in that history. And that's what they're studying. They're studying core samples, hypothesizing that there would be a a slowdown in the delivery of mud to the oceans and that that would be recorded in rock, the record of the rocks, okay? Well, they found out that, but they found out a whole lot more else. Um, I love this stuff. These are little time capsules because the chemical conditions have not changed there since that particular thing was formed. And understanding the way that the mud is, you know, here we are, the muddy Mississippi is part is the whole something we've known all of our lives. Um, by the way, did you know that not everybody counts one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three Mississippi to see when the lightning and thunder are going to. In in the UK, they say one Piccadilly, two Piccadilly. I had no idea. Things I'm, learn something new every day. I'm telling you, life is better if we learn something new every single day. So I I don't even know how they. I can't wrap my head around how they proceeded to suggest to someone that this the study should be done, and then they got somebody to pay for it because it is so crazy. But it really does give them Nature Geoscience is the publisher, you know, and they're they're talking about really studying the things that caused Pangea, the Pangea, to separate, but also really how rivers are formed and how mud is formed and how rocks are formed and how. Well, frankly, the heavy soil in my backyard got there. It's really interesting stuff and nothing that, frankly, I, I never in my life thought that I wanted to study rocks. But maybe my friends that went into geology were correct. Maybe they maybe they knew something I didn't know. Undoubtedly, they knew something I didn't know. I hope that I have a chance this week to, to do what I'm really hoping to do. By the way, one pot of potatoes came up. The other pot did not. So if the other pot doesn't come up, I'll be taking the soil out of that pot and using it to fill up in the other one around the stems as they grow. They're going to grow fast. If you If you started some potatoes in the last couple of weeks, I hope you did. By all means, don't ignore them. You know, I told you that the flood came, and I thought they were going to be dead, but they they actually were not. They've, they've sprouted, and they're beautiful, and they've all got three or four sets of leaves on them, and I've begun to fill in around them. It was one potato in that pot, and now I have ten sprouts coming out of it. I can't divide it, but I may have to dig it up and put it into a bigger pot, because right now that's going to be kind of crowded. But it could make a lot of potatoes. We'll, we'll just have to see how it goes. Papa D is on the text line today. He, he says the fall garden is growing. Well, that's good, and that's that's what we hope for. That is absolutely what we hope for. Why are some birds more intelligent than other birds? Now, I, I have to tell you, I'm really good at nature documentaries. Big fan. But when the one bird starts taking over the other bird's nest... And it all gets ugly, and the bird comes in and eats the other chicks and all those kind of things. I'm not there, but it upsets me. But brain size is not the only answer. You would think, well, the bird brain business is what why some are are indeed more intelligent than others. How come for the, the why do you say this? What is about what is this about? Well, this is about why, for example, can crows use tools? Okay, but the the thrashers in my back garden don't. They don't. They they just literally use their wings to rustle everything up, and then they use their classic beaks to pick up the whatever falls out, and they eat it. 
But when it comes to crows, crows will, I mean, crows will open an oyster if you give them long enough. You know, they've got a whole lot of dexterity with their tools, and they also save their tools. So just like, you know, your grandfather may have saved a shovel or a, or a hoe or something, they save stuff, and then it goes on through the next generations because it worked that well. One of the things that I have noticed, and I do appreciate them for, um, I have birds that, that will pick the worms off of my tomato plants. I consider them to be hardworking birds, and I'm glad they're there. But what what about the ones that just peck things open and, and tear up stuff? Is there is this also a, a real smart move, or is it, you know, what about when they take the dog food and this thing or another? Well, it actually turns out that there is at least as much of a role of how much time that bird spent in the nest as there is to how innately intelligent they might have been. When they find new feeding opportunities, sometimes it's because they've been shown how to find them. And sometimes, of course, they're so hungry they probably get the the whole Betty White thing and they can't eat it all because they're too hungry. They're running around looking for stuff, and that does not work either, okay? So... There are more neurons in the right place. They've been studying 111 different bird species. I cannot imagine what that must be like. The database alone would be too much for me. But the pallium in birds is the same thing as your cortex in your in your brain, the cerebral cortex. This is where birds both learn and remember stuff. Um, and it's how come that you know the call the, the 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 crows are able to not just go caw caw caw, but they're able to go. I'm taking this hammer and putting it over here in this box. You know they're they're very intelligent birds. How much time the fledglings spend in the nest as their brains are maturing goes directly to the evolution of how smart they end up being. Obviously, this is a a, a large population study, so the question is. An individual might spend less time in the nest and still be smart, but the majority of them are going to be smarter when they spend more time in the nest. And in fact, the crows do. So do the parrots, by the way. Those parrots that talk to you, yeah, they, they tend to have a long nest time as well. Pretty nifty. Pretty good to know. I don't know that, um, I'm, I'm not saying that everybody should spend that much time in the nest, so to speak, but it does help to have a good, get your feet on the ground and know where you're coming from. It doesn't hurt. Let's see, Mary's in Pearl, she's got, um, oh, well, no, it's not dead. I can see that. That looks good. This is her gardenia that she saved, and um, she it was all sticks, replanted it and fertilized it. And about six weeks ago, it started putting on leaves. If this is only six weeks of leaves, you're in good shape, Mary. That's beautiful. Doing very, very well. And it did have one flower last week. That's great. I think you're in a recovery mode, and it's going to do great. I'm, I say congratulations. That is that, uh, you know, many of us have rescued a plant here and there. I, I think of all the poinsettias that are stuck outside because you thought it died, and actually somebody else took it and grew it for another year. Um, I just recently rescued a, a fiddle-leaf fig, and I'm happy to tell you that the ugliest of the sunburnt leaves on it fell off this morning, so that made me feel better. <laughs> Why not? Why not, huh? By the way, if you are not already considering this, look at your last date of frost, your first date, I'm sorry, your date of first frost in the fall. For example, if that is the end of November for you, and you want to be planting trees and shrubs, then you're going to want to go towards after Thanksgiving. 
On the other hand, if your first frost is sooner than that, you can go ahead in October. What we're trying to do is get trees in the ground before they have to grow too much. We would rather they have the opportunity to put out their roots, get settled, begin their microbiome, you know, get to know the worms and the roly-polies and whatnot, as well as the bacteria and the microlife in that area, and then in the springtime begin to put their leaves on. If we do that after the weather begins to cool, they are already naturally in that pattern, and that gives them and us a better opportunity to see the leaves come out in the springtime or if they are on the tree to last as long as possible either one of those things can work it's been a long time since we had a coral story around here but i'm going to tell you that uh, we seem to be talking a lot about how things change and how they don't the fascinating stuff when we began being concerned and began seeing the troubles that the coral reefs were having the warming oceans and the higher levels of various and sundry things, but primarily bleaching agents, several different things can do it, were causing a problem in the corals. And that, of course, leads to great worry, not just because of their, we, lack, we lose their beauty, but also because we lose that ecosystem, which in turn leads the way towards the, the system that takes care of the other creatures in the ocean around the coral reef. So the folks at Penn State, again, why would they be studying coral reefs? Who doesn't want to get out of Pennsylvania in the winter and go to a tropical site to do a study? Come on, you'd, you'd go if you could. They have demonstrated a new potential in the dis- generation of genetic diversity. In other words, the corals are responding, and we're very, very happy about that. Um, this is a change to the, the DNA sequence in the non-reproductive cells that, that's being passed on to the offspring. So what that means is they're not changing how they live. They're changing that they live. And in the case of the corals, we, had, we lost some significant portions of various species of coral, and now we're beginning to see some of them be able to reproduce themselves in a better way. Ever since um, the Darwin, I, I can't imagine what it must have been like to be Charles Darwin. I can't imagine what it must have been like to be anybody that actually had a theory that they posited and eventually over like, I don't know, 500 years it turned out to be true. Well, where are you? You're over in the corner being thought of as some kind of nut most of that time. Galileo is another example. There there are many of those people, there's some who were actually barred, banned, and, and, and torched for what they believed that turned out to be true later, okay? So when we look at corals and the way that they're being able to regenerate themselves, we have to understand that this is not a new thing. We've been seeing plants and animals adapt to the changes in their environment over time. That is, to evolve their growth pattern or their growth rate or whatever it takes to keep them alive. It's got to pass it on to the next generation, however, or all is for naught. And in this case, they have managed to do that. That's very exciting stuff. It not only does um, does it ensure the future of that particular set of coral, but because it informs the future generation, it has a bigger impact, one much broader out beyond what it might have seemed like at the beginning. I like that. I think that's really smart. And of course, who doesn't like coral? I'm I'm not um, I'm not ever going to be a scuba diver, but I'm a snorkeler with the best of them, and it's some of the most beautiful things that you'll ever see. I mean, it's just I I, I saw something uh, uh, really interesting this week. I thought I'm um, talking about how much time people, the average American. And really not even just Americans, but they were measuring Americans. But the average American is spending four hours a day on a screen. I say that's good, but put the screen down. Let me talk to you. 
Let me tell you something. Let me tell you a few things. Like I'm going to tell you about this guy, okay? When this song came to me, it was a big surprise. It was a gift from my child. I didn't even know she was listening to country music at the time. Stick around. Here we go. This is Jake Mangum, player for the New York Mets organization and former Mississippi State Bulldog. Hitting a single is great, but you know what's better? Doubles, triples, and home runs. Getting more for less always feels great, which is why I tell everyone to take advantage of Farm Bureau's home and auto insurance bundle. If you aren't already on the team, it's time to join Farm Bureau. Visit favrates.com for great rates on home and auto insurance. Or find a local agent at msfbins.com. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. You know that nowadays more people are cutting the cord, ditching traditional cable and satellite television, and instead just streaming everything. With Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's over-the-top advertising, you can get your business seen on streaming TV. Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted team can show you how your ad dollars can go further to reach a more targeted audience. Call 601-991-2305 or go to STMM. Started today. Garden Mama here. Lakeland Yard and Garden Center has what you're looking for in its full-service nursery and garden center, greenhouse, and garden shop. Meet the professional staff at Lakeland, always ready to help you with trees and shrubs and patio furnishings, tables and cushions for entertaining, as well as pumpkins and pansies, plus soils, mulches, and amendments for your landscape and container plants. Lakeland has seeds and plants for your fall vegetable garden, too. Listen to your mama now. We're growing your way at Lakeland Yard and Garden Center, Lakeland Drive and Airport Road. Are you a hard worker? Are you dependable? Do you have a good attitude? Do you want to be part of a team? If so, the Black Label Bridge Builders at Key Constructors offers lead men and women purpose-driven career opportunities with on-the-job and outside training, leadership development, and benefits. To learn more about what it takes to be a Black Label Bridge Builder, please visit Key's website at keyconstructors.com. Please also follow at Key Constructors on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to see regular updates on the Black Label Bridge Builders. At Community Bank, we believe our success lies in our continued commitment to community and upholding the same small town values that we were founded upon. We are relationship bankers. Whether you're trying to grow your business, grow your savings for your future, or building your dream home for your family, we are committed to helping you achieve your goals. Community Bank, a bank that knows community. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Need furniture or bedding now? Miss Kelly's Labor Day three-day sale, where you get what you want and then get even more. Friday, Saturday, and Monday, get savings up to $500 off, plus financing for 60 months and walk out without paying because there is no money down. Plus, buy a recliner, get another one free. All this during the Labor Day three-day sale at Miskelly's and MissKelly's.com. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? 
What? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again. If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. You hear those notifications? That's small businesses in America taking off on TikTok. Businesses like Porky's Hot Dogs. Got another good one for y'all today. Our peanut butter and jelly dog. Their homemade hot dog videos pull in diners from across the country. And there's Matt Fixit, your local handyman just building a business. Holy freaking drywall repair. We've got a bathtub above this kitchen. Over a million people saw that video, and new customers are still flying in. American Small Business booms on TikTok. believe this have you ever walked in and i'm not now i'm not talking about body odor so let's just establish that okay but have you ever walked into a room and you realized or someone else walked into the room and you realized that they were bigger than their presence that there was literally they literally filled the room just by walking into it I'll, I'll tell you the best example. I would love it if somebody would say that about me. They probably have, but it may, have, may or may not have been in a good way. But I was once at a concert where Stevie Wonder walked onto a dark stage, and I could see him. Okay? I mean, that's how big he was in the space of that world. Uh, Rasan Roland Kirk, it was, it was an amazing ancient days ago of the New Orleans Jazz Festival. But when he walked into the room, he was ten times bigger than he is. And that is the effect that the Max Planck Institute is trying to let you understand about high levels of hydroxyl radicals. Those are the OHs, okay? They can be generated indoors simply due to the presence of people and ozone. And some people do this more than other people, and that's why you feel perhaps attracted to them or repulsed. It has nothing to do with body odor. Like I said, it's about a, a more of a mental thing than that. But how do the chemicals get there, and how do they disappear? When we walk into enclosed spaces, and I really do feel like this particular bit of research came to me this week because well, I was already thinking about timber cities, okay? And, and when we talk about thinking about how we're going to be in the future, how do we do that so that it makes more sense? And if we understand that people, if, if, if we understand that more than two-thirds of people are going to be living in urban environments, and beyond that, 90% of people spend most of their time indoors anyway, we probably ought to think more about what it, where it is we're spending all this time. Multitudes of chemicals, we've heard about sick buildings, we get all of that. Those have all been problems. Um, I'm, I'm happy to tell you that when I first began buying houses, if you if you told somebody that they were going to ever need to pay for gray mold removal, they would have laughed at you. But insurance routinely now, unless you're somewhere where it's been a problem already, routinely has that clause in it because it has become such a recognized issue for people's health. And it's one of those things that if you want to know what all you're paying for, read your policy because there's things in there that are important that you're glad they'll fix if it turns out to be an issue for you. So when we take in all this stuff, we take in 
whatever the rug was made with and the, all these other things. How do we know that it goes away again? Well, some of it does and some of it doesn't. Indoors, the air is less affected by direct sunlight and rain because those are the things that generally vaporize other products that might be hanging on to us when we go outdoors. But if we're indoors, well, what are we going to do? It turns out that all of this, I don't even know how to tell you this, but skin oil and ozone is what creates this stuff that sticks around you that is perceptive, perceptible. How wild is that? We're not only the source of these chemicals, But we are also able to transform them. And the Max Planck people seldom say that anything is exciting, but they were excited and surprised by this particular bit of work. They actually found when when the ventilation on the indoor space was worked on, and, you know, of course, this was part of the research that came about, I believe, as the, the emphasis on it as a result of the pandemic, because we were trying to figure out how these things could work better. And we frankly, in some places, if you've ever been in in a call center, had to work in a call center where you were literally two feet from the next person who was also speaking loudly, you know why when you get a call from a call center on your phone and you can know, you know where it's coming from because it sounds like a cacophony of people. It's because it's a cacophony of people. They're all right there talking. And because we do this. And we understand these things now that we understand better about ventilation. We're not only doing better for our ears and our eyes, but we're actually doing better for our bodies by giving these chemicals that we are absorbing all the time the opportunity to burn off. Makes a lot of sense to me. The fact that we generate our own oxidation field is not something that we knew. But the fact that people do change the indoor air chemistry around them is something that we do know. And now we, now we know a little bit more about why. Amazing. Amazing. Now, when we talk about what's going to go into that house, that new house, that modern thing, maybe maybe one day they'll – I've always um, been enamored of the tents that they put over houses when they have termites and they have to tent the house because I always want the house to look better when they take the tent off. <laughs> you know, you always think, whee, it'll be a big, big reveal. And that the book about the little children's book about the house that everything got built up around it, you know, and all of those those kind of things. That house itself is so, so, so important. But what goes in it, the air is important, how we deal with it, the ventilation, all these other things. Well, I've always wanted a 3D printer, and now I think I know why. As it turns out, we will now be receiving flat packages I can see them on my stoop right now. Flat packages. You open them up, you put water on them, and they turn into chairs. Yes, that's right, friends. They turn into chairs. Warping can be an obstacle, as they report in this particular study, but they developed an environmentally friendly water-based ink that is composed of wood waste, which is known as wood flour. The microparticles are known as wood flour with a few other things that are the natural binders from plants. That's what they print the chair out of. And then when it's laid down, all it needs, you know, is is the opportunity to to go into the next generation of its life. I thought this was really funny because they told me I needed to think about Pringles, the potato chips that are molded that way. (laughs) And in this case, luckily the Pringles don't blow up too much when you see them. But in this case, that same sort of manufacturing process in terms of printing these chairs or whatever the table, whatever the thing is that you would be doing at the time, they wanted to go back to the origin of this whole notion of being able to print things out and then and then animate them, you know, in, in some way. And when they did, they ended up with these chairs. I think it's amazing. 
I, I just, you know, this it's a flat disc that's printed as a series of concentric circles, dries and shrinks, and it forms the Pringle. Well, in this case, we're going to form our chairs. Yep, that's true. People with similar faces likely have similar DNA. I know that seems obvious, but now we have proof that it does, in fact, happen. Um, I don't know if, if Elaine is, is still on the Gulf Coast, but Elaine went to the university at the same time that I did. And as I walked through that first semester, there was a table full of people that waved at me every day. And I thought, well, they're nice. Gosh, this must be the friendliest place in the world. Is anybody cute over there? Can I get a date? You know, that all that sort of thing. And it turned out they thought I was Elaine because she was a friend of theirs. And then I met Elaine, and we became friends. But we did look alike. We looked more alike than I look like my sister. Okay? We look more alike than Elaine looked like her, her relatives. And that's that DNA thing. The cell press folks is where you're seeing that you can see this incredible collection of people that are from opposite ends of the world, do not know each other, have no relation, and at the same time, they look incredibly similar. This is where, of course, the term doppelganger has come from over time, which just means looks alike. But we're, it, it, we, we think it's funny until you stare at that person. And when you look at that person and they look just like you, there's a camaraderie. And at the same time, there's sort of a, oh, my goodness, I thought I was unique. Mm, yeah, well, parts of you are. Parts of you aren't. Amazing. Cell press, folks, they, they're always giving us great collections. I, I suggest that you look at that. If, you, if you're interested in it, it'll be something you, you will be finding even more interesting, I tell you. Last up today, and I'm not going to go into this because I didn't want to set off the uh, text and the calls, but we now have proof that, yes, when you are re- reunited with your pup, your pup cries. That's right. They shed real tears. This is not a fake. This is actual real stuff. Think about that. Think about everything. Give me an email this week, mamaonair at yahoo.com. I know you learned something. Let's talk about it because this has been one more episode coming back next week with more Weekend Gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of South Communication. feel like you are in the dark? Well, with a propane generator, you'll never be in the dark again, at least when the lights go out. Enjoy the comfort and safety of knowing you have a propane generator always ready when the electricity goes out. Propane generators assure you will always have power. Propane-fueled, clean cooking, hot water on demand, warm and consistent heat and power when you need it most. Why would you choose anything else? Propane. Clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com today. Hello, everyone. I'm Bob. Welcome to the Digging Safety Class. You're here because you got caught digging before calling 811. I know, and now I'm here instead of making a living. I know, man, but it's the law. So let's get started. This is a shovel. Huh? Hello, I'm Sam Johnson from Mississippi 811. Please call 811 two working days before you dig. It's the law, and it's just the right thing to do. At Gateway Rescue Mission, we feed hungry people. We offer shelter to people seeking life change. And we serve as sort of a beacon of hope that says, hey, God cares for you. 
I'm Rex Baker. Rescue mission work is not glamorous, but we do see lives changed. Check us out at gatewaymission.org. Find out how you can get involved and join God at work here in Jackson and at Gateway Rescue Mission. ESISupply.net. It's not if you're going to have a spill at your business or workplace, it's when. ESISupply.net. Exorbent pads by the bundle or roll. ESISupply.net. Socknet boom products, oil gator, oil dry spill kits, and much more. ESISupply.net. Take it from Scary Gary. If it can spill, it's gonna. ESI Supply, 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910 or online at... A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. 